We're going to read from God's Word, from Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. Oh, I could have turned this way, didn't I? Oh, well, this is fine as things change around there. Just listen or follow in your scriptures. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand um, should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We'll just pause for a moment in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we look into this part of your word, we ask for understanding and illumination and empowering and for boldness. Amen. So last week we were given an insight into one of the miracles which God performed at the very start of the Christian church. What we had there was a man who'd been lame from birth and he was regularly seen begging for a living in a very public place and he was healed in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And the story is just an amazing demonstration of the truth about Jesus to the people in Jerusalem then, and it's still an amazing demonstration of the truth of Jesus to us today because we have an eyewitness account and when an eyewitness tells you something, then you become like an eyewitness too. But the guys who were in charge weren't happy. They were not happy particularly because the disciples said the power by which they did that miracle was Jesus of Nazareth. And we won't go into why they weren't happy about Jesus this morning, but what we will be focusing on is what the apostles did about the unhappiness of these leaders. Because these bosses, their unhappiness led them to do things. They said they ordered the, the apostles stop talking about Jesus. And what's more, they added some very potent threats about what would happen if they did. And so they get that coming at them. And our focus this morning is on what did the apostles do about that strong pushback that they experienced. So, verse 23, see if this works here. Yes, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported that the chief, what the, all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So the first thing they did was they went back to their own mob, their own people, their fellow believers. And friends, 
Take notice of that. Because if you get pushed back somewhere in your life, then you're going to discover how much you need your fellow brothers and sisters for support. And I'll mention something we don't talk about very often, but we, from time to time, get the Barnabas Fund material. And it's on the table in the foyer and it's free to take. And that mob there are about supporting Christians who are experiencing pushback, like Peter and John. And persecuted Christians in other countries really need us to think beyond just here and do what the f these first believers did for Peter and John. And because they need us to support them and listen to them and hear what's going on for them and do whatever is in our power to help. Because one day, that might be us. So when you see it there, have a look. Pick some up. So report it back. And next, prayer. And as you think about persecuted Christians, you think, how do I pray for them? And what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Keep them safe, Lord. Protect them. Protect their wives. Protect their children. Help them escape that persecution. And why? Because being safe, being able to earn enough money to support your family, having access to good health services when you need it, having clean water coming out of the tap, being kept from debilitating diseases, these are very high on our daily prayer lists, aren't they? So what did the apostles pray? Now, Lord, let's see, are we working? Thanks, Em. I'll give you a nod when we need the next one. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And that is not the type of prayer that we would normally pray. It's not a prayer to be kept safe, is it? In fact, you would say it's a dangerous prayer. And to the best of our knowledge, all of the, the apostles who prayed this prayer ended up becoming martyrs. And you know what? They considered that a privilege. Tradition has it that when Peter came to be crucified, he didn't consider himself worthy to be crucified in the same way as, his, as our Lord. I said, do crucify me upside down. I don't know about you, but I find this prayer is actually very deeply confronting to our desire to be safe, isn't it? It's deeply confronting. I'll give you one example, though. If you pray the prayer, some years ago when I was in Kalgoorlie, Cindy Jacobs, some of you might have heard, came to preach in Kalgoorlie, and she made an appeal for anyone who's willing to die for Jesus, stand up. And one of my daughters who was with me stood up. Not that she died for Jesus, but she demonstrated the type of commitment which is just a wonderful blessing in her life, in her family, in their business. Jesus is first. And that's a great inspiration to me. And so this prayer, asking the Lord to help us speak boldly about Jesus, is vitally important for the health and survival of our town, 
of our cities, of our nation. Because the political pressure in Australia against the Christian faith is like a gathering tsunami and boldness against the tide is becoming increasingly more important. And so on what basis can we be bold? Acts 2, 4 verse 24, when they heard this, they raised their voices in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointing, anointed one. And the primary place for boldness is this understanding that this world is God's house. This world in which we live is God's house. It's God's world. We need to hold on to that because the world wants to tell us this is our house. We are the rulers. We are in charge. This is our state. We are the elected officials and we're in charge of how things run and what we say is important and what we say are the values by which you should govern are the things that should hold and prevail. And by contrast, the Apostles' Prayer is saying this world is God's world. God made the heavens and the earth. God made the oil and gas reserves, the iron ore reserves, the precious metals which WA mines. And if you know the history of WA, you know it was economically very poor before they discovered gold. And to that day, largely minerals keep us economically afloat. God gave them to us. Mr McGowan, all he does is he manages them. This is God's house. And as God looks at our political and legal and law enforcement systems, what's he think? He laughs at their puniness. Does that next verse say, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? You see, all the scheming and planning of the woke and the neo-Marxists and the cancel culture and the etc. and the etc. and all the lobbies are in vain. They are of no effect in the real battle because the real battle is against the Lord and his anointed one. Verse 26. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And if you think all those non-Christian forces are just trying to make your life more difficult, which they are, look at the bigger picture here. They're just humanity trying to do things without God and against God. And who's behind that? Satan. The philosophies in the world are just pawns being moved around the board by the God of this world in the bigger battle against the Lord and his anointed one. And so as those forces, as they do that, as they make an impact on your earthly life, make no mistake, they do have earthly power, but do not lose the sight of the perspective which will enable you to be bold. That this world is God's world. This is God's house, not their house. And the big game 
is the salvation of mankind. The big game is not whether you have a comfortable life, whether you, as in the words of, they say when you play a country song backwards, you get out of jail, you get your dog back and you, <laughs> and you get, to, uh, get your wife back as well. That's not what the big plan is. The big plan is the salvation of mankind. Now I see another encouragement to boldness in this prayer. And that is, all this went on, but God was not surprised by it. He was not outgunned. It was not out of his control. Indeed, he revealed that it's part of his bigger unstoppable plan. See verse uh, 27 there. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, that's the anointed one, and they did what your power and will, the next one, had decided beforehand should happen. Had decided beforehand. God was not surprised. The power players of that time, King Edward and Pontius Pilate, in managing to manipulate the opinion of the entire people of Israel and Jerusalem, they were actually just playing into God's hands. They thought that their massive capacity to change public opinion was a winning power. And we need to hear that, given the massive power we felt against us during the COVID debacle. God has bigger game than them. And do not ever mistake what the mass media tells us is public opinion for real public opinion. The history of Israel shows us that God always maintains a group of true believers, a remnant who will not bow the knee to Baal, who will not bow the knee to the public opinion of the day. Now it is it's a genuine mystery as to how God can give us free will and how his divine will can still prevail. And I think you'd have to be God to understand how he can do that. And anyone who claims they know what he's doing there is probably selling something. But I'm happy to accept what the Bible says on this. In the verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. And so, on the basis of this sure conviction that the world is God's world and it's not the Prince of Ears' world, the apostles prayed in verse 29, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with boldness. And because they were apostles who'd been given a special authority by Jesus, they also prayed in verse 30, Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. We got to this part of the scripture because Peter and John had just performed an amazing healing of the lame man at the beautiful gate and they knew that they wanted to continue. Continue doing what Jesus had taught them to do and to continue doing what Jesus himself did whilst on earth, which was to preach the gospel accompanied by signs and wonders. And their prayer is simple and direct and an answer comes in verse 31. 
after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. The boldness came to do the thing boldness is meant to do, enable them to preach and witness, share, talk about, spread the news, gossip the gospel, get the word out that Jesus is the Lord and the Saviour of mankind. And as you think, oops, oh dear, not another sermon on evangelism. It's a bit scary, I'll just switch off now. And you get a bit anxious. That's not me, I could never do that. Well, we need to face the fact that we can't do this unless the Holy Spirit helps us. And the apostles knew that. They knew they didn't have it in them naturally. They knew they needed to pray for what they needed. And they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to do that. And I think that's very encouraging because we don't have to gee ourselves up, put on our warrior spirit. We don't have to whip up a special brew of evangelism juice to drink before going out to evangelise because it's not about human effort. It's about trust. It's about walking in trust that if we ask for boldness, that it will be supplied when we need it. Hopefully you've had this experience of wanting to say something in a situation, you finally get a chance to put your bib in and you find that as you start speaking, the words suddenly come and you find yourself saying things that you didn't expect to say because that's what the Holy Spirit does as you step out in trust and faith. Jesus spoke about this evangelism in Matthew 10, verse 18. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. And when they arrest you, don't worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. It will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Our task in evangelism is not to whip ourselves up into a witnessing friendly frenzy, but to trust in the Holy Spirit's power to work through us when we step out in faith. And you won't feel strong before that happens. You won't get the Holy Spirit's power until you need the Holy Spirit's power. But make my mistake, he wants you putting yourself in situations with people where you need to rely upon him for what to say. And he wants people to hear the good news that you've got to say and he's eager and waiting for you to just step out in faith so that he can work with you. And don't forget, we need to practice that. The more you practice by doing, the more effective you become. And most people grossly underestimate the amount of practice required before you become proficient. They have a couple of goes and they say, no, it doesn't work. But you'll get better at hearing the Holy Spirit, at relying on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach you as you go if you keep at it. Now, I noticed a wonderful little thing on the side here, the connection between the Holy Spirit and the Father in Matthew 10.20. For it will not be you speaking, 
but the spirit of your father. I hadn't seen that. So clearly the connection of the spirit with the father. It's the spirit of the father speaking through you. And what a lovely reminder that the Holy Spirit's job of pointing people to Jesus comes from the father. They're working in together. And so, in this time of pushback against Peter and John saying Jesus is the one with the power, they got together with their family. They prayed not for security and safety, but they prayed for boldness and the place was shaken. So my question is, are you willing to pray a prayer like that? Are you willing to pray a prayer for boldness? So we're just going to let you pause for a moment or, or two and, and meditate upon that, just in your own spirit. Have a word with God. Ask for boldness. What came out of that boldness? Amazing quality of community. Acts 4.32 All the believers were one in heart and mind and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own but they shared everything they had. And God's grace was so powerfully at working in them that there was no needy person among them. It wasn't like they became communists or joined a hippie commune. It was just that everyone bogged in for the situation at hand because people had come from other countries for the Jewish festivals and then this happened and they wanted to stay and learn but they hadn't brought enough money to stay for a long period of time so everyone bogged in. Community. And another result of the boldness was powerful preaching performed by the apostles in verse 33. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And then there's another miracle performed by the apostles by, which challenges those who say, look, mate, we need to see more miracles today in the church, just like they had in the book of Acts. Well, what about the miracle of Ananias and Sapphira? Acts 5 verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property and with his wife's full knowledge he kept back part of the money for himself but he brought the rest and he laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit and you've kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it? belonged to you before it was sold and after it was sold wasn't the money at your disposal what made you think of doing such a thing you haven't lied just to human beings but to God and when Ananias heard this he fell down and died and great fear seized all who heard what had happened and, and some young men came forward they wrapped up the body carried him out and buried him well, about three hours later, his wife comes in, not knowing what's happened. And Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you paid? You and I got for the land? And she said, yeah, that's the price. And Peter said, 
how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they'll carry you out also. And at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. And the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. You want to see more miracles like that? Mm. Do you want to see people who are stuck with their own self-importance struck down amongst us? Do you, who would be at church next week if all the hypocrites were wiped out of the church? <sighs> so friends, remember the spirit of the Father is called the Holy Spirit. That means completely sinless. And if you want the Holy Spirit's power to work through you and make you bold like we prayed before, then no, he's very interested in your personal purity. He wants all of your sins confessed. And he wants you praying regularly things like Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So if you're up for praying that dangerous prayer to be bold, then pray that this dangerous prayer too. And ask the Holy Spirit to show you the blind spots which are just hindering his work in you. The blind spots which are getting in the way of you being useful as a messenger for Jesus. And then what about this other dangerous prayer from Isaiah 6 verse 8? And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Holiness has power. It has the capacity to keep the idle and the curious at bay. Acts 4.12, the apostles performed many signs and wonders amongst the people and all the people used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade and no one else dared to join them. Even though they were highly regarded by the people, no one dared to join them. No one casually checked out Christianity, oh, I'll just go to church and see if I like it. After Ananias and Sapphira, nobody sat on the fence. You were in or you were out. And people who recognised that this was true and were willing to make the full commitment of being in came in. Verse 14, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. And, and just pause for a moment through the power of eyewitnesses and let yourself be transported back to this time to see what it says in verse 15. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them as they passed by. And crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. The Holy Spirit was went all out in this time and God was showing for that time and for us too 
thousands of years later that Jesus is true. He is the way. He's the life you want. He's the truth to hold on to. And no one comes to the Father except through faith in him. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father through me. So let's wrap it up. The prince of this world wants to whisper threats in our ears. Threats like, I'll take away your reputation. You'll look like a fool. I'll take away your livelihood. I'll take away your freedom if you speak up for Jesus. So just consider those threats and pray about them as the apostles did in verse 29 of Acts 4. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And be encouraged as we do that by what Jesus said in John 14, 30. He said, I will not say much more to you for the prince of, the world, of this world is coming. There is a prince of this world. Note what he said then. But he has no hold over me. He has no hold over Jesus. The prince of the world has no hold over you and me. And what about when he's before Pilate and Pilate's flashing his power about in John 19.10 and said, do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realise I have the power to free you or to crucify you? And when the forces of this world flash their power at you and say the same thing, don't you realise we have the power to give you a good life? We have the power to knock you off. Remember, Jesus' confident answer in 1911, Jesus said, you have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. We live in God's house, not the world's house. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you called us to an amazing life which is eternal. Let us see the real battle for that life, for all of this world. Let us be bold to speak about it and fill us with your spirit as we determine to step out in faith and trust that you will do just that that you'll enable us in a godly way to be a soldier for you. Amen.